0: Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley, and welcome back to Thread, episode 109. Thread, God's truth tying together all the pieces of your life. Thread is the broadcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. Thread. You're tuned into the Thread podcast, and the Thread podcast is a special Uh, verse-by-verse Bible study for leaders. It's for people that want to have an impact whether that is in their home or their school or in their workplace or in the ministry. They want their life to influence other people. They want to live not just uh, as a good person but they want to think about other people and think about the way that their life might could bear fruit in the lives of others as well and so if that's you you are in the right place my goal with uh, putting together the thread podcast is to show you places in the scripture where god has a message specifically to you and i believe that this thread is going to speak to everybody today's thread is about those times when you know you need a radical change of direction so you can become fruitful And you can't figure out which road to choose. Now, it's easy to choose between evil and good because, I mean, that's just a matter of your will and whether you want to serve God or not. But if you've decided already, I want to serve God, I want to stay away from the evil things and I want the good things, well, the harder choices are when God puts two good things in front of you and it's like, wow, do I serve that group or this group? Do I try to reach out to those people or these people, and you know, those are the hard decisions to make because it, you know, it's just not so clear. And that's, uh, that's what's gonna happen in this Thread podcast. Change of direction is always really interesting to me, and I look forward to it in my own life. About every 10 years, I'll have a pretty radical shift in who I am and what I'm doing. In the end, it's all the same theme, uh, I am a father in the land, and God has always used me to father and mentor and and shepherd and nurture in those ways. Uh, my primary gift is a teacher, and so I do other things. Um, you know, I I lead in production of of video, I write books, I speak, uh, I lead a team here in Thailand at Media Light, and we have the Media Light Institute where we train students from all over the world and give them a a focus on spirituality, leadership, and professional video production ability. But in the end, it's all the same theme. Nevertheless, I've shifted from country to country. When I married Sherry, we were children's pastors, and then we became youth pastors in Pennsylvania and had to move 12 hours away. And then we moved to Jamaica. We thought Actually, that's a good that's a good jumping off point here. It's amazing how one phone call can change your life. You know, Sherry and I were, we'd been married a year or two, maybe two years, and we were in Pennsylvania. It was a snowy January day, and I was at the church where I was a youth pastor. We were youth pastors together, and the phone rang, and I picked it up, and it was my supervisor in my uh, graduate school program. I was not I was in the final edges of my graduate education, and I was working on my Master of Divinity and writing my thesis, and Chaplain Crick was in charge of placement of internships for us. And so he called me on the phone, he said, how are you doing there? And I said, yeah, it's going really well. And he said, okay, I want to ask you something. Uh, how would you feel about, would you even consider moving to Jamaica for one year to pastor a new church there? And I said wow, that's really different. Why would you call me for that? And he said, you're the only one that I would think crazy enough to go do it. And he told me some more about it. And we prayed about it. And then I just thought, you know, that's really good for us. We ought to do that. And uh, I thought it was for one year, but it ended up being that placement ended up for five years. But wow, it changed us. After the first year, actually, it really was finished. And Sherry and I told the ones who had placed us there, we can't leave. We just now know everybody. We want to stay. And they said, well, there's no money in the budget. We can't provide anything for you. And we said, well, the Lord will provide. And we got some great stories from those days. And God really, He changed us. And those people were such a blessing to us. But, you know, it just takes one phone call sometimes, one handshake, one opportunity. And all of a sudden, the door flies open, and you find your life in an entirely different direction. And we're in Acts chapter 16, and in verses 6 through 10, something happens that shapes modern world history, and it's, uh, it's shaped by, by the event in those scriptures. Um, let me just give you a little background before we dive into it and show you the uh, eventual repercussions of this one action, because what happens in this passage is uh, a man is seeking God. What should I do about ministry, and especially about outreach, and God speaks. And when God speaks, now the man has to respond, yes or no. Is he going to obey God? And Paul obeys God, and Paul wakes up his small band of change agent friends, and at daybreak, they go out and try to buy a ticket, and they, you know, they get themselves onto Europe, which is where God told him to go. Now, this is pagan Europe, which wasn't Christian Europe. Uh, but it changes everything because Europe becomes the center of global Christianity for over a thousand years. It's through the Europeans that the gospel then goes to other nations, and uh, you know, world history is written by this one decision. Paul is trying to decide whether he should go to Asia or whether he should go to Europe, and he's right at the crossroads. Um, let's just jump in and read it, verses six. Through 10. Acts chapter 16, 6 through 10. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. That's interesting. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit tells you no. Paul wanted to go into Asia, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Verse 7. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit did not permit them the second time. They'd been checked. So, passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. He saw a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Let's look at this pack. Let's just unpack this a little bit. First, uh, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to go directly into Asia. Then they tried to go to like the corner on the way to Asia. Tried to go to Bithynia, the Spirit again. No. And uh, you, we all need to be as grateful for a clear no from God as a clear yes. And uh, so, you know, we might ask the question, well, wasn't Bithynia worthy of the gospel? I mean, doesn't God care about the people of Bithynia? Paul's trying to go there and preach, and God says no to him. Well, in 1 Peter 1.1, Simon Peter greets the saints who gather in Bithynia, which means somebody else was already going there. God doesn't have to tell us everything in his plan, and we all need to understand that we aren't God's only servant. You know, it's the, the whole plan doesn't revolve around us. The story isn't about us. It's not the story of our life as ministers of the Lord, it's... Well, someone said it like this. History is His story, and it's His story. Now, thankfully, we've been given an important part in that story, but we need to be clear what our mission is and do our part in the mission cheerfully. And if our part is we hold the rope for the boat so it doesn't go away from the dock, then hallelujah, I got to be the guy who holds the rope on the Lord's boat, and that ought to be enough. So I just need the Lord to speak to me, and He can say yes, and He can say no, and I'm just, I just want to be excited that God spoke to me at all. In this season, Paul's in a time of personal searching. He's at least in his late 40s, and he has fulfilled so many dreams and goals. And now he's longing to get—you know, he's ready for another challenge. He's ready for a whole nother season and he needs a clear word from God about his future ministry. Now, he knows his theme. His is about preaching the gospel where it hasn't ever been heard. And so he's done some things to get, him, get himself lined up for God's direction. Number one, he left Antioch. We said last time the first step in, in uh, achieving things is to leave. You know, go do something. Just start. Uh, somebody said anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. And what they meant was just start it, you know, at whatever level you can start it, just do it. Uh, the minimum, you know, even with things that you're trying to produce, the minimum viable product, what the least uh, sellable product is, then improve it, but get it to market, you know, and get your get yourself moving on this. And, and Paul did. He left Antioch, and he built his team. He understood the law of the inner circle, and he was going to need... A team, a robust team. And Paul has built one. God has gathered to him uh, more um, like tough, vigorous kind of guys around him. So he's got the right team. He's left Antioch. And number three, he's physically in a good place to change direction. And that's important too. You know, if you think that uh, you might have a calling, some kind of special calling from God, but you are. Um, you're in debt. You've got all kinds of other circumstances around you. You need to attack those circumstances. Focus on those things and get them out of your way. And you may need to move, physically move to another place. Uh, if you've got a heart to do certain kinds of things, there, there are places in the world that, that are like the beehive for that kind of activity. You need to go move there. Lots of things happen in those places. And so Paul has uh, moved, and what he's done is he's at the corner He's right where Europe and Asia meet. So it's like, all right, God, now I'm at the crossroads. I can go right. I can go left. I can go north. I can go south. Lots of things can happen. He's in a perfect place, and that's pretty cool. Uh, Another thing we see about Paul is he's smart enough not to dive into every need that he sees. You know, I talked to a very successful businessman one day, and I said, give me your biggest piece of advice. And he said, I've seen more businesses destroyed from growing it too fast than any other thing. You get so excited about expansion, and you just push growth, 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 and you don't have the infrastructure, and the thing falls apart in the end. And I think that happens all the more in the lives of people who are trying to save the world, which I want to save the world. I want to be a part of it. I know I won't save the whole world, but I want to help my part. Uh, but, you know, dissipation, uh, that's a great word, big word, but it's a good word. We don't have any other words like it. Um, dissipation means you've taken something, uh, a resource, and you've sort of spun around in a circle, just throwing it to the wind in every direction. So you've used up, you know, you're using up your energy, you're using up your uh, what could power something awesome, and you're just like throwing it like dust in the air. And in the end, you spend it all and you tire yourself, and the way Paul expresses it, he says, I don't want to beat the air. And it's like a boxer who's just going crazy fighting the air. It's like, save your punches. you know, Save that sugar in your blood. Save your oxygen. Wait for your target and just punch that thing. So Paul's smart enough. He's not volunteering for every little thing. He's not letting other people set the agenda and everybody's need become his driving force He's just waiting on God. He's in a place. He knows he's in the right place, and he expects to hear God speak to him, and God does, and he always will. Finally, verse 9, the answer comes, and it comes in a night vision. Um, I love the creative way God reveals his plan to Paul. You know, this plan isn't about Paul. He's not the Messiah. It's the kingdom of God plan, but God allows Paul to see mm, an avatar, of the cry of the people of pagan Europe. And he sees their clothes and their culture. They're not Jews, and they're not Middle Eastern people. This is a whole new culture that he doesn't know. It's a new language. It's a new worldview. And God allows him to hear them pleading, please come over to Macedonia. Come over and help us. Kind of like that first Star Wars scene where it says, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're our only hope. Uh, please come help us. It's it's uh, it was an emotional, emotionally compelling way to get Paul's heart committed. You know, Paul was intellectually seeking. He knew in his heart that the answer is out there somewhere, but God needs to give it to him in a way that's going to grip him. Because your mission has to be emotional to you. It has to be something that, as one man said, makes you weep and pound the table. You know what makes you mad? And what gets you all choked up? Those are good indicators that that's somewhere near where your mission is. And you know what? If you set it in your mind and you arrange your life and you put yourself on the altar to say, God, I want to be your servant in the mission, you can expect angels, the Holy Spirit, dreams, revelation, coincidences. I'm serious. If you go all in and you put your money, your career your your little dreams on the table and you say god take it all but i want to do what you want me to do and i want to make a difference in people's life things are going to happen god will put the resources of heaven behind you and you you have to expect that things are going to happen and but you need like they did in verse 10 it said we concluded you know that means they had to verify this message and they have to decode the dreams. Like, okay, what exactly does the dream mean? Now, thankfully, when God speaks, as far as I can tell in Scripture, and definitely my testimony of how God has spoken to me in my life is when God speaks, it's usually short. It's, you know, it's as short as, it's almost like a yes-no switch. It's a bumper sticker thought. It's not complicated because God doesn't want to give you a riddle that takes 10 years to figure it out. He's... He's got things to do, there's people that need your help, and He wants to put you in a certain place of ministry so you can touch people's lives. And if you are listening to God, He speaks. Now, every time He's ever spoken to me, it's been like a question or a very short sentence, but it's just, you know, it's like, it's like a telegram more than a novel. And I think that's how that's how it works with most people. But we have to discern the meaning. When God gives us, especially an unusual event, something that seems supernatural, it's like too coincidental, it's so many things are lining up, we're getting verification after verification, we got to discern that and say, okay, is that what this means? Let me make sure I'm hearing you clearly. Uh, But let me say one other thing. Don't fall in love with seeking. You know, some people just like seek and seek and seek and seek. It's like, seek, but find, expect. To find, don't fall in love with seeking God's will. Put yourself to work. Get busy somewhere, but be seeking. You know, God's gonna, and and don't get in love with the next place. Like the best place is always the next place, and He's gotta constantly move us around all the time. But He will move you at some point in your life. God is going to want to move you. He might move your ministry, He might have you change churches, He might have you move cities. You may totally, like He's done in my life two or three times now. He may totally tell you to close up shop and everything you've ever done and all the things that, you know, you're good at. He says, yeah, yeah, you, you'll kind of need that, but that's not what I'm going to have you doing now. So you get the experience and you walk away with that, but I'm not doing what I've done all my life. You know, I, I used to plant churches and I ran colleges, a college, and I, I was a Bible school teacher, and I know how to do that. And the Lord said, yeah, well, I want you to do media work, and I want you to train students, and I want you to write. And now more and more, he's leading me onto the Internet, and I'm just having to learn it. It's the same ministry. He's just shifting my location the way he shifted Paul. Well, let me ask you this. What visions have you had? And are you settled right now? Are you settled in the center of God's will? Or are you searching for something that you know is out there. I try to always have my eye on three things. Number one, my old mission that's pretty much completed, and I'm about to let it go, to hand it over to somebody else. Secondly, I keep my eye on my main thing, and that thing gets, I don't know, 70% of my energy goes to that thing. But there's always a third thing, and it's something I see coming as my next focus. And it might take three to five years to get to me, But I can usually see these things coming on the horizon, and I don't stop what I'm doing and run after them. You know, it takes a while. It'll take a while to mature, and I can can learn a lot in preparation for that thing and get myself organized. But let me just leave you with this. Pray for direction about your ministry of outreach and expect God to answer. Maybe He's going to tell you to start a home group or schedule some regular time with uh, somebody younger than you to mentor them. Or he may tell you to sell everything you've got and move to Kazakhstan. I don't know. Or he may just tell you to invite one of your neighbors to eat in your home every Friday night. But do something. Increase your witness to others. When Paul looked at his life, he had achieved so many things, and he had done so many amazing uh, things with the Lord in the kingdom. But Paul knew he needed to grow again, and he needed to bear more fruit. Let me just remind you to do a couple things as I close off uh, this episode. With, uh, number one, if you've got questions, go to Quinly.com slash questions and you'll see the place to record them. Push the button and just speak your question in. We want to start having question and answer in the weeks to come. Number two, if you want to help us get the word out about the uh, podcast, please go to Quinly.com slash iTunes and uh, give us a rating there number three if you would tell your friends about the thread this is how you can do it go Quinly.com slash love and your facebook page is going to open up there and you can just type in a message tell them you're enjoying the thread podcast and uh just to log into it because they can find it always at quinley.com and when you go to that website you can see the itunes link and all the other ways to find the podcast but i really appreciate Uh, Your support of the podcast, this is episode 109. And let me leave you, as always, saying, expect God to use your life. Expect him to use you. He wants to use you, and today he's going to do something with you. Just keep your eyes open and expect God to use you today. That's all for now. See you next time on Thread. Thread is the broadcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. Log on to quinley.com.